Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Okay, at the recording of this, it is two and a half weeks before I actually came out publicly. So this guy in this recording has not actually experienced that yet. But I wanted to take, to take a moment to get on here and share my thoughts and feelings about coming up to this event before it happened. Um, this is such a unique time in my history to just check in with this guy and be like, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going on in that head of yours? You know. So I wanted to just capture this. I had been vlogging for a bit um, in this process, so this feels kind of like that. Those episodes will not see the public eye, <laughs> but I did want to get on here and just share some of my thoughts and feelings leading up to the coming out event, which by the time you're seeing this, it just happened, right? Or recently. So um, in about two and a half weeks, I'm going to come out publicly to the world on every platform that I have. I'm going to be sharing my story culminating in the revelation that I'm a gay man um, and that I am advocating for gay people and that I believe God is for gay people, that he's not tolerating them. He's not uh, trying to change them by any means. If I can tell you anything with certainty, I can tell you right now that God is not interested in changing gay people. I'm not saying there aren't exceptions to that. I don't want to speak to anybody else's journey and devalue their experience and what they feel like God is leading them to. It's not my place. But I can tell you from the earnestness of my journey with God and the explicit communication I've experienced from him. He's actually been after the other thing. I wanted him to fix and change me, make me straight, make me normal, make me the way I'm supposed to be. And he had something else in mind the entire time. Relentlessly continued to advocate for, I want you this way. And I'm like, why? Anyway, so leading up to coming out in a week, uh, two weeks from tomorrow, uh, I want to answer the question, how am I feeling? Well, first of all, I'm feeling lots of things and the feelings come and go at different points in time when I think about it. I'm mostly, underneath all this, I am mostly excited. I feel so hopeful about the, the step in general. The big picture, I feel very hopeful about what this means for the world, for me, for my impact, my voice, my influence. But for people, whoever comes across my story and however it impacts them, I'm excited to get to share this with them. Mostly because I believe it's my responsibility and I believe it's all of our responsibilities, each of us, to bear witness to whom we've experienced God to be to us in our lives, authentically. That's it. Like Beyond that, we're not being asked much more. Who is he to you? What have you witnessed? Who have you observed him to be? Not your ego, not your agenda, not your theology, your actual functional dynamic relationship with God or lack thereof. Can you be honest about your experience with him there? So I'm mostly excited about doing this because this is going to be the most obedient I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> That's kind of an extreme statement, but I think there's an actual validity to it. Uh, so I'm, I'm anticipating, I feel a little giddy about what's on the other side of having made this choice, of having drawn this line in the sand. 
So I have a, a strong, a strong present excitement and anticipation for that. Um, I anticipate, you know, liberation of other people. I'm looking forward to the stories I'll get to hear of people who got to come out of the closet because of my story or, you know, pastors who were willing to consider and maybe change their mind about what they believe they see in scripture regarding the gay community based on my voice. Like I feel honored by that and I hope that happens and I'm looking forward to those conversations. And then also just like educating people, the people who aren't gay and maybe even don't even have gay people around them, but are considerate and want to know what does the Bible actually say about these people? What does the Holy Spirit say about the gay community? How are we to respond here? I, I want to have those conversations. So I feel very excited about all that. Um, another strong feeling I have is dread. <laughs> I feel dread. I feel um, very nervous. There's anxiety there, which I don't love. And I've been sitting in that for months now. I do not recommend sitting in this for a long time. Uh, I already can think back and like, man, would it, was it worth putting it off for this long? And, you know, time will tell. But there's definitely been a theme of anxiety that I'm not used to, that I've had to continue to presently work through because of the dread that's, that comes with bearing your soul to the public eye, people who don't know you well, who don't know you at all, people who have zero issue judging you because you're not a human, right? They're just watching you on a screen. Um, there's something dehumanizing about witnessing people in this medium that, I mean, I get it, I understand, I don't feel super like precious about it, but just like that sucks. So to be as vulnerable, <laughs> to share something this intimate and vulnerable with people in that space, is a risk, right? Um, so I feel dread about that. I mostly, I think the dread is coming from anticipating the nasty comments I'll get from people or the weird remarks or the ignorance. Uh, that will make me so angry. I'm gonna get so, I can say right now, um, just knowing myself and the justice thing in me and how much work I've put into studying and looking into this and consideration of my own actual life processing through this. I promise you, I will get very angry at people who are ignorant and arrogant about this. Um, I will get mad very quick. And that's part of why I delayed. That's one of the reasons I delayed was I was just not in a good place to respond to people. And maybe I'm still not. We're going to find out. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that. I don't know that I'm going to love the person that comes out of me re reacting to those things. I hope I don't react. And who knows? Maybe I'm better than I think I am. But I anticipate some not-so-pretty exchanges maybe. I'm hoping that I won't be unkind, um, but I'm definitely not going to be quiet about, you know, bigotry and ignorance and religious toxic nonsense. Um, I'm dreading the shock and the surprise I'll feel from people who are not supportive. I am convinced there are going to be people who genuinely surprise me. I like, I'm expecting that they're going to be supportive or understanding or compassionate or something, and they're going to be the other thing. I'm not looking forward to that. That's gonna suck. I think that's probably the thing I'm, gonna, I'm dreading the most is people who surprise me at their, how they change. I'm dreading, I'm dreading, one of the responses that I'm dreading is people being silent in this. Like as in they see the video and they don't say anything to me. They don't reach out, they don't communicate, they don't respond, they just leave me hanging. They don't owe me a response technically, I suppose. But relationally, some of these people will and they won't respond, mostly because they have nothing good to say. And to me, that feels like I'm not looking forward to that. I don't want to see that. Um, I'm dreading like people who know me making terrible comments or having really just awful, inhuman responses to me. I'm not looking forward to that. So I'm dreading all those things. 
I think any person in this position would dread that stuff. And forget the gay thing. There's any position where you're being vulnerable and people respond to you in a way that's inhuman and void of relationship and whatever. Like, that sucks. And I'm sad that we still have this as a thing that happens in our culture, uh, in society. Um, what else am I feeling? I feel nervous. I feel nervous for NUMA as an organization. I don't feel nervous. I don't think NUMA is going under, but I do feel I'm nervous that NUMA is going to like take some hits. I'm sad to see some of the people who've been in invested in that community and that space to leave like for, the, for this reason, like that will suck for sure. Um, I, I feel nervous for my team. Like I've got people around me who have been walking this journey out with me and then my team in particular, I feel nervous about what they're going to have to experience. Cause I like, guess one thing to be the guy who gets to like make decisions and you know, like choose this. It's another thing to watch someone you love and care about or respect or look up to do this and then get treated poorly. Like I think there's a, that's a different version of like pain. And so I'm not, I feel nervous for them. And then also just how this might even affect, you know, their involvement, like, like how this might affect their work in NUMA. Like, I don't want this to be a negative experience for them. So I feel nervous about that. Um, I feel very hopeful. I think there's going to be a lot of beautiful catalytic powerful things that are going to come out of this that I can't even anticipate. So I look forward to that. Um, yeah, I think I've, it's, the, it's this kind of stuff. I could just keep going, going, but it's like, I feel dread and hope and excitement and nervousness and anxiety. I feel all those things. But I can tell you in all sincerity, the hopeful, positive emotions far outweigh the dread and the anxiety. The dread and anxiety is poignant. And those are like specific <laughs> emotions that I'm feeling. And it comes and goes. Some days I'm like so stoked. I'm like, I can't believe this. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get to be vulnerable and honest and stand up and not be afraid of what people think and be myself anyway and, and say what I need to say. Like, I'm so thankful for that. The opportunity to do it with something so specific and pointed as this. Um, and then sometimes I have this absolute like regret <laughs> before it's even happened. I'm like, I regret doing this. This is going to suck. I'm, I'm like going to miss the favor that I've enjoyed up to this point. I'm going to miss having access to certain rooms that, that I'll get disqualified from for, you know, really sad reasons. But like, I'm, I'm going to miss like how easy life was in some ways, you know, being in the closet here and not having to have certain conversations or having to face certain things or navigate certain relational dynamics. I'm going to miss the ease of what I've enjoyed up to this point. In that respect, I'm going to, I'm going to so enjoy the freedom and the wholeness and the singularity of an experience on the other side too. So yeah, there's just like a trade-off, right? Um, okay. So I also wanted to share in my thoughts, like, um, there are six reasons that I'm conscious of right now. I think there are more, but I just want to simplify it. I don't know why I'm like this, but I think I have like six reasons for why I'm going to come out publicly. Cause I've been out to a bunch of, to the, my community, my close friends, my mentors, whatever, my friends, for like a year and a half now. It's been a process, right? And it's taken time to have those conversations and hunt these people down, visit them physically, have dialogue, whatever. In that process, deciding to come out publicly is a choice I'm making. I know a lot of gay people, public figures, who don't feel the need to come out publicly. Like they are gay, or maybe they're maybe they're not gay, but they're affirming of gay people. They don't think there's anything, there's anything wrong with it, but they don't want to publicly come out for their reasons. And again, like I want to hold off on judging these people. I have opinions about that, um, but I don't want to assert any of those opinions as passing judgment on them. Like everyone has their journey and they get to work this out. Uh, for me though, the reason I want to choose to come out publicly is first these six reasons I wanted to share them. The first one is 
Firstly, because I want to be honest, as I stand here as a, as a voice on behalf of God to the world and saying, hey, God is like this. He's not like this. He's saying these things. God is not saying these things. As I've engaged in that space and that work for years now, I feel a moral obligation to uphold that function in the seat that I'm sitting in and continue to represent who I know God to be and what I've heard him say and correct a, an egregious error I've made here by hiding a very explicit message I've experienced from the Holy Spirit for years now on this subject. So one of the main reasons that I'm coming out publicly is because this is who I go. This is who I know God to be. This is what I hear from God. Um, and so I want to be honest about that and share that with the world. Um, he's worth it. His voice, his desire, his intent is worth it. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of there. I don't want to continue to abandon my friend there. I think what he's after and what he cares about and what he wants and the way he goes about it is worthy. And I don't have to hide or like make excuses for him or apologize on his behalf. He is worthy of my solidarity and my support and my loyalty. And so I first and foremost get to come out publicly and say, hey, God said this to me. These are the choices I'm making as a powerful, independent, autonomous person in response to this person that I'm in love with. But here's what I know, right? And so that's one. Number two is little Mike deserves an advocate. He deserves somebody to stand up for him back then and to help him represent his voice and to fight for his legitimacy, to stand up and say that you are perfectly loved and you are perfectly accepted and there is nothing wrong with you. And actually, I want to celebrate who you are and what you're like, even though it is contrary to the normal that's been imposed upon you. Uh, little Mike deserves a voice, deserves an advocate, deserves somebody to stand up for him and affirm that he's good. And then from there, Reason number three is all the other little gay Mikes and, and Jessicas or whoever. The little gay kids out in the world who, the queer kids, in whatever way that their sexuality or their identity is demonstrating uh, in a way that's contrary to what they're being told is normal, but it's authentic to them. I want to stand up and say, hey, these kids deserve a voice. They deserve to be cared for. They deserve to be recognized. They deserve to be heard and listened to. Um, I want to stand up and let my testimony, my story come up in their defense and say, hey, they're valid. Their choice is legitimate and they deserve to be given freedom to navigate this and not be coerced by social stigma or pressure or shame or religious persecution. That should all be withheld from these kids and they should be given opportunity to genuinely pursue who are they and honestly express that person for sure. And the fact that we even argue about this to me is deplorable. Reason number four is the LGBTQ plus community deserves our support, our protection, our care. They have been so poorly treated for so long. They have been religiously oppressed, religiously harassed. They have been marginalized and sidelined. Their voices have been stamped out. Their experiences have been invalidated. They have been vilified and demonized and none of that was ever okay. And so reason number four is I want to stand up and say, hey, this community of people that we have particularly pigeonholed and treated like this and even scapegoated to not have to deal with our stuff and just use them as a pinata to bypass our own responsibility and accountability. Like, I just want to stand up and say none of that was ever okay. And it is not okay to continue to do this. And I will be another voice added to this conversation to say, these people have dignity. They are worthy of being honored and listened to and protected and valued equally. They are valued and that we get to bring equity to this conversation and then recognize what is missing from this space to actually give them a fair shot. And are we willing to do the work?
Reason number five, being a son is valid and being a son, in my opinion, means you get to walk, or a daughter, means you get to walk out your story shame-free, fearlessly. You get to look people in the eyes, stand up straight, and demonstrate yourself. Live out your story vulnerably, honestly, intimately, authentically, in the light. You don't have to do some weird side act because your story is so contrary to the norm. Every single person has their own story. Each story is unique. There are similarities, but it doesn't matter who has what story to walk out. We don't get to judge the nature of someone's story or the outcome of where this is going. That's between them and God. And so for me, I'm like, this matters. Like people's performance is not any of our jurisdiction to pass judgment on. How they walk out who they are in the eyes of God is between them and God. And we get to honor that, that space and respect it and have pr appropriate like regard for the boundaries that should be in place for how we flippantly cast stones their way, how we flippantly dismiss or label or judge who they are, what they're not, because it's different than what we know. Not okay. Coming up publicly is me taking a stand and saying, sons and daughters, their stories are valid and deserve to be acknowledged and received in the light, shame-free. And then the last reason I want to share here is there are, reason number six, there are a ton of well-meaning particularly Christian people in the church, in religious structures who genuinely care about people and want to let love move them, but religiously, theologically, they have been indoctrinated to have to fight gay people, to have to fight people who are contrary to their sexual ethic, thinking the Bible condemns queer and trans and whatever kinds of people when the Bible does no such thing. Um, and so I'm excited there are a ton of resources out now that weren't available even 10 years ago, helping clarify what is this book even talking about and who is it pointed to and what kind of things are entailed in the restrictions and the commandments that are, that are given and the examples that are demonstrated. There's so much work to be done to untangle a mess that we are in. But reason number six for me coming up publicly is to step up and be like, hey, y'all, those of you who just like have avoided this, ignored it. Maybe I could be somebody who gets to step in and say, hey, this isn't irrelevant. This does matter. It's not as scary or far away as you think. And there's actually a lot more love and grace available to all of us in the spirit of the Lord, in his generosity to engage in who is he? What is he doing here? Who are these people to him? And maybe we don't have to hate any of them. Maybe we don't need to protect ourselves from them. Maybe we don't need to separate from them. Maybe we don't need to like tell them how to live their lives or how to change. And maybe we don't need to perceive them as broken or perverse or fallen or abominable. Maybe we can see them as perfectly whole people. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.